Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of The Dumb Will Speak. This is a sort of holiday episode, holiday weekend episode, recorded on Saturday, November 25th, 2023. I'm Roy, and I'm flying solo today. This week, on Thursday, the 23rd of November, was Thanksgiving Day, obviously. And um, I had a couple of days off this week, had Wednesday and Thursday off, and I enjoyed that immensely, spent time with family. On Wednesday, uh, I went to prepare, I uh, did paperwork for a, you know, onboarding paperwork and a drug screen and other things like that, and got the physical paperwork and all that for my doctor uh, for a new job. Here I am on in December, I'm just a month away, not even a month away, less than a month away from my... Um, 51st birthday, and I'm starting over. <laughs> Nothing bad happened, and actually, in fact, I would say on my list of Thanksgiving um, praises to God, it would be, you know, I'm grateful for this new job. Um, it's going to be considerably more money than what I'm making now, and a much better time schedule, so I really can't, can't, um, can't complain about anything, really, that's involved with it. There will be some travel, involved in this job a little bit, and um, I don't mind that. Um, so I'm kind of diving back into an old game. Um, I'm, I'm sort of returning to um, things that I used to do for a living, so in the world of uh, government, law enforcement, that sort of thing. And I, again, I'm looking forward to it personally. I, I can't... Um, wait to get started, and I don't have to wait long, because as I record this, I'm only uh, six days away. Friday, December 1st, is when I start the new job, so I'm excited about that. Um, there were a lot of uh, family over this year. May have been less than the last couple of years, but um, we had um, 10 persons, including me, and then two dogs. <laughs> so 10 human beings and two four-legged furry creatures at the house on Thursday. It was a good time. Um, I believe Sandy really uh, knocked it out of the park. Good food. My daughter baked um, some dessert. She made pumpkin pie. And this was a really good recipe. She said she got it from a glass pie plate that she got, uh, I guess just before she moved into her house about two years ago, uh, about a year ago. And she made a Pioneer Woman recipe, for those of you who know who that is and what that brand is. Um, she made a Pioneer Woman recipe for pumpkin pie. It was very good. I'd never had that before. It was very good. She said she'd made it one time before and took it to um, her ex, I think her ex-boyfriend's family's house. She had to modify the recipe due to an allergy for one of the family members. But she searched high and low trying to find cloves and ginger. She couldn't find ground ginger and she couldn't find cloves. And she did not want to buy an actual ginger root and have to grate it. Um, so I don't know why. I think you could grate it pretty easily. But anyway, uh, fresh ginger. It's got a slightly different taste than the powdered ginger and a little brighter. But it was really good because this did have, it actually didn't have nutmeg and allspice. And I always think of my mother and my, my two grandmothers both made sweet potato pies, and pumpkin pies for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, as I said, my mother as well. They always put ginger in it, but they also put um, nutmeg and allspice. And she said it didn't call for that. She didn't have nutmeg and allspice. 
She did say it had cloves. I'm not certain that they ever put cloves in theirs. So uh did call for, I think she said a tablespoon of vanilla. Seemed like a lot. Because, you know, usually with vanilla, it's like half a teaspoon maybe or something. So it was a lot. It was really good. It had a very good texture. And she used a pastry style crust. She did not make the crust homemade. She got that from one of the, you know, out of the frozen, frozen mm. food section, I guess. But at the... At the um, uh, grocery store, but still, it it was very good, a, a very good crust, light and delicate. I liked it. Um, my wife did a turkey breast since the family is not really big on turkey. I am, but the rest of them aren't. So we just did a turkey breast instead of the whole bird, and that's great because I'm not a dark meat guy anyway for for turkey. So and I don't like having tons of leftovers for turkey because it gets it gets it wears you out. I'm just being honest with you. But that was good. This was the second year in a row she had done turkey breast. Prior to that, we'd never done turkey. In all the years we'd been married, if we had turkey, it was because we were at family's house for dinner, not because we did it. Uh, we just never did that. Uh, she always did hams if she did anything. And we did do a ham. Again, very good ham. Uh, we like to do a smoked picnic shoulder. And um, very good. Salty. I love it. <laughs> I like everything that's bad for you. So, um, I've been updating, I wanted to update you on everything that's been going on. It's been busy the last few months. We've not recorded. And other than, uh, I hope you are enjoying the Sunday school, uh, classes that we are posting on a weekly basis. Did not post this week. Uh, there was some, um, it was a lively discussion. I was hoping to get to discuss it with, with Chalen today, but that hasn't panned out. Uh, we had a very lively discussion this past Sunday. In Sunday school, it would have made for a great, I think, podcast, but we had one microphone. It's a lapel mic, a wireless Bluetooth lapel mic that Chalen bought for the purpose of recording these um, these sessions. And because of that, it wouldn't have picked up most, most of the conversation that occurred. There were three or four guys, a couple of the ladies got involved. I know I made a few comments, uh, a lot of back and forth, Q&A. Um, all because, you know, we've been in the first chapter of Acts. We've been talking about the resurrection and ascension. Well, he started talking about the ascension. And that led to a very lively discussion of um, what that means for us. And I, I really do wish that had re- recorded better. If there's a way to fix the file and make it sound good, if we can enhance it, edit it, uh, I will. As soon as Chalen gets that to me, and I will go ahead and put it out. But he will probably have to go back over the same material because, I mean, he was barely into the material when the discussion started, which took over like the next 20, 15, 20 minutes of the class. It was the majority of the class was this discussion, so it was, it was good. I'd like to release it if we're, able, if we're able to, if the sound quality is good enough, and if I can tinker with it. if I'll transfer it into Audacity is what I do. It's not an Audacity file. We don't, we don't record that way. He records to his iPad, sends me the files through Dropbox, and from there I upload it to my computer and transfer it I format it into Audacity. I have it set to where it'll automatically format to Audacity. I can probably tinker with it there. And if I can uh, sound edit it to get it uh, to where I think it's enough that we can post it, we will. Um, if not, that one would just be missed. And we'll wait till this, what happens tomorrow and record it, post it next Wednesday. But I'm going to try to stay on a Wednesday schedule. And just as I thought I was going to do that, this happened where, you know, we had all these voices from different parts of the room and they weren't on microphone. I said, you know, it might be a good idea. He said there is a partner to that microphone. I said, you know, if this ever happens again, bring them both, make sure they're charged, hand one off to me and I'll walk around and 
and I'll hold it out up to right where you can hear the person talking. You know, I think that would be, I'm not opposed to doing that. Um, but, uh, this was, a uh, like I say, it was a, it's been a very interesting last few weeks. I had done an interview for, for this job, um, had waited to get word about the background check and approval for all that. Of course, I have no criminal history, so it's not an issue, but you still have to wait. Do the drug screen. I don't use drugs, so it's not an issue, but you still have to wait and all that. But uh, I went over there Wednesday and signed all the onboarding paperwork. Boy, it was a ton of paperwork. It took forever. Got a tour of the uh, facility I'll be working in. Uh, met everyone that works in the office. Uh, good, Seemed like good people. I'm looking forward to working there. Um, it's a much larger staff than I'm used to working in the past when I had worked. When I had worked in the past uh, in this line of work, there were less people at the offices that I was at, and I, I worked in a lot of rural counties. This is a this county is a little more. It's still rural, but this county is a little more located uh, located to uh, a very large facility. Let's put it that way. There is a there is a fairly famous army base <laughs> nearby. I'll just put it that way. And so uh, it's a it's a highly trafficked uh, town because of where it's located um, on the border of two states, and um, it's not the county, it's not the area I live in. I will have to drive, but it won't take long. I, I made it in thirty two minutes, and that was with road construction. So only about ten minutes longer than it takes me now to get to work. Because again, I live in I live in a rural area, and I drive to towns uh, to nearby towns when I want to shop. Uh, to go to church, and to work. So I'm used to driving. My current job involves a lot of driving, and it's all over the place. So, um, Again, I'm excited about that. I, I, I wanted to say a little thing about kind of like, I guess, Thanksgiving memories, so to speak. You know, we're told in, in the Bible, it goes all the way back into the Psalms and other places, um, to give thanks to God in all that we do. And to have a joyful heart in that, because whatever whatever day has been made, it's been made for you. Whether it's good or bad, these are the things that were appointed to you in your time. And I always loved Thanksgiving growing up. Now, this is a weird episode. I'm not going to lie. It's just me rambling. But it's, it's there's a point to it, okay? I'm getting older, and I'm a very sentimental person. I think that's why I'm such a collector of things. Uh, my wife would call a lot of it junk, but... It's not. It's just. It's just who I am. Um, I learned to read through three areas, three methods, and I believe it expanded my vocabulary, my ability to retain information. Was that I learned to read at such a young age, before I was ever even in first grade, I could read, and I was reading regularly, and so I was reading above my level. And it's due to that. And it's due to something that you'll hear me make jokes all the time or, or criticize people who are King James only. But that Bible did influence my reading because the King James Version, I grew up in a KJV only church setting, KJV only family. My father was had pastored several independent fundamental Baptist churches and they were KJV only. And so for me, the Bible was the King James Version of the Bible. It's very hard to read especially in these modern times. Uh, but I grew up with it, so it made it a little less difficult. And I believe because of that, it expanded my vocabulary and other things. So it was the King James Version of the Bible. 
a set of encyclopedias called World Book Encyclopedia. I don't know. Hands raised, get a woo woo if you ever, <laughs> if you've ever read those growing up. If you're of a certain age, again, I, I'm I'm showing my age. I'll be 51 in less than a month. So, for me, the World Book Encyclopedia was a big deal. Um, I grew up reading that and various dictionaries and you know thesauruses and map books, geography books, things like that. So. Resource books were my thing. I read nonfiction. I read resource books and the King James Version of the Bible. My entertainment never was really children's books, with the exception of a few things that I'm going to say right now. I read comic books. I, I avidly read comic books. I'm a very visual guy. That's why I love film, cinema. That's why I love the movies. So comic books are a visual medium. But yet they're also literary at the same time. They have words, they have stories, they have plots, they have subplots, they have characterization. They didn't always have it in very good format, obviously. If you read Golden Age comics, they're very simplistic. They're plot-oriented, but the characterization is lacking. Uh, The stories are short, but they're dense. Lots of words, bigger words than we use today in comic books, believe me. Yet they are... Uh, simplistic in some ways, but their their attitudes uh, very very rough and tumble, very black and white, very um, moralistic. Comic books were in the golden age. If you read book stories from the thirties, forties, and early mid fifties, they're very moralistic. Um, they had good morals actually, but they also had very strong uh, undertones to it. In some cases, sometimes you got a very socialistic bent from a writer. Sometimes you got a very uh, anti-communist or anti-fascist bit from a from a writer. It just depended. Um, so they were just as they are today, flawed human beings, but they were writing and they were making these little stories and they created these wonderful characters. And they're visually stunning and they're intriguing to small children because they're in very bright colors, very vibrant four-color comics as they were called in those days. They had a limited color palette, so they used very dynamic coloring. And that's why you had Superman, red, blue, and a bit of yellow, a hint of black. And that was him, you know, square-jawed, dark-haired with the spit curl and all that, you know, <laughs> very, very uh, Errol Flynn-type dynamics, Bruce Wayne for Batman, that sort of thing, okay? Captain America, he was blonde-headed. He was kind of the oddball. There were other characters. But but for me, I'm a DC comic guy, so for me, it's those Golden Age characters like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, okay? Those are my characters. And um, those those comic books appealed to me. And there was a... There was a there was always always a, a ongoing thing about World War II. World War II is the era when comic books came into their own, and it had a big influence on the views of many of the writers of the comics. As the second and third generation of writers of comics came into and into being, they were they were they were baby boomers for the most part, but they were very sentimental about their parents who fought the war, who fought World War II, and a lot of them had a nostalgia for World War II. I think of guys like Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas. Uh, of course, I love the works of Roy Thomas because there was a writer with my name. <laughs> so when you when you got a name, when you got a name like Roy, there's not a lot of Roys out there. At least there weren't by the time I was around. So I, I latched on to him. When I saw his name, I bought the comic book, whether it was good or not, because Roy Thomas wrote it. So Roy Thomas had an affinity for World War II. At Marvel, he he did the Invaders series in the 70s in at DC when he came to DC in 1980 81 something like that he created a, a, a series called All-Star Squadron you can't really do an abbreviation for that one if you know what I'm saying because of the first letters it wouldn't work out would it 
So, ASS, in case you're trying to figure it out. All-Star Squadron was great because it was a take on the Justice Society. See, long before there was a kids, long before there was a Justice League, there was a Justice Society. And Superman and Batman really really played very little role. Now, Wonder Woman was there, but she was the secretary because, you know, those were the days. <laughs> and um, so there's a point to all this. So through reading, especially the works of, of guys like Roy Thomas, I learned a lot of foreign words. I learned a lot of Japanese words, Italian words, German words, and others. And I learned a lot about the trivia of World War II, about things involving... Um, Pearl Harbor and the lead up to the war and other things. And so I became incredibly interested in that. And yes, I did read war comics. Um, it, it led to me to read a lot of war comics by a publisher called Charlton, Charlton Comics, and also some by DC, uh, GI Combat, Unknown Soldier, Sergeant Rock, a handful of others. And I was fascinated, fascinated by World War II. And watched documentaries when they would be on TV on an old black and white TV. So most of the documentaries were in black and white and that was perfect because I was watching on black and white anyway. I wouldn't have known the difference. I didn't have a color television. That's right. Kids didn't have a color television set. And we're not talking ancient history. We're talking late seventies up into the early eighties. So, um, this sentimentality, right? A lot of that probably came, my mother was a avid comic book reader in the 40s and 50s, in that era. And so she bought me comics. She got me into comics. My eldest sister did as well. And then I had two other sisters who also read some. So I would read their comics. And like, I had one sister who was into Western comics and into war comics, but very few superheroes. I would read those. And then I was into superheroes, but I had another sister, the one who was closest in age to me, who was into things like Richie Rich and the Archies and things like that, the Archie comics. And so I read those. And then there were these Christian comics, and they were some of the first ones I ever got, a company called Spire Comics by a writer-artist that I later discovered had worked at Marvel and other publishers in the past. He was a legit artist named Al Hartley who did these comics in featuring Dennis the Menace. That's right, Hal Ketchum's Dennis the Menace, the, the, the newspaper strip. He made comic books. Christian comics with how with how Ketchum's um, Dennis the Menace character. He also got permission from Archie publisher, who was Jewish, who he'd actually worked for. He used to draw Archie comics some. He got permission from him to do a series of Archie Christian comics. They were very good, by the way. He also did a biography of the on the life of Paul that was interesting. Uh, my daughter has that comic now. I gave it. To, I bequeathed it to her when she was a kid. Um, but yeah, uh, Spire Comics, they were very interesting. And then there was the, the Jack Chick publications had, that's right, that's right, Jack Chick publications, Chick Tracks, that's right. If you listen to James White, you know, he's always going off on Jack Chick. But anyway, uh, the Jack Chick comics, um, called, uh, what was it called? The Crusaders scared me. Those comics scared me to death. Jack Chick's a KJV-only kind of guy and that sort of thing. And he had this book called, this comic called Sabotage, which it shows a Bible on the front being like a leather Bible with a candle burning behind it. And it's like being ripped in two and set on fire. And and what it's talking about is modern translations are evil and they're from Satan. They're hellfire and they're, they're condemned. And if you read them, you won't be a true Christian, et cetera, et cetera. You'll go to hell. So there was those. I read those as well. And, um, 
I remember the series he did with a former Jesuit priest, allegedly Alberto Rivera. There was a series he did on those on that guy and his supposed his supposed life story and very anti anti papal, anti Catholic, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And anyway, it was they're interesting to read. I don't know that they're historically accurate, but they're interesting to read. They're very conspiracy minded. By the way, those books can go for money now. If you have them kids, if you have them in good shape, they can go for money. I have a bunch of them, and most of mine are in uh, average, or less than average in some case, very worn condition. I don't know where all of them are because I, I've lost things over the years. And some that I know specifically I had, I no longer own. They must have just gotten tattered and torn, or I loaned them to somebody and never got them back. It's it's one of those type of things that happens. Um, but so it really got me into reading. And... At, at my house, like, my mother read all my comics. She liked to read them, and my dad cared nothing about it. I later learned that he used to read Roy Rogers and Gene Autry comics. They existed, and he used to read those when he was a kid. And other than that, he didn't read comic books. He was, uh, he might have read some Lone Ranger. He was he was only into things that were, like, related to the Western radio sto- radio heroes that he listened to growing up on the radio, as a kid in the 40s and 50s because of radio. Uh because radio was what TV is today. And so I, I got into that. In the 1980s, there was these uh, there was these companies that were re-releasing old radio programs on cassette tape, and you could order them through the mail, and I got some of those. I don't have them anymore. I wish I did. The Shadow and other pulp heroes and who had also heard also radio stars, Green Hornet and um, things like that, uh, Philo Vance, those were good. The Philo Vance, uh, was it Philo Vance? Or am I thinking of a different character? There was a detective series that was really good. I don't think it was Philo Vance now to think about it. But anyway, it got me into these old black and white movies as well and things of that nature. And so the world at my house revolved around um, cycles of nature, you know, every three months. You know, we we we, we grew gardens. We farmed a little bit. We had some pigs um, and things of that nature and lived in a rural farm in Tennessee good 30 or 40 minutes from the nearest hospital or public school. And I was homeschooled during those years. This is late 70s, early 80s. And so comic books were my entertainment because we didn't watch much TV. We weren't allowed to. And so um, comic books were my medium more than anything. And then, of course, I read the Bible and I read the encyclopedias. And that's where I got my keen love of books. Now, later I would begin to read Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, uh, there was another girl detective that I read, and then there was uh, Sherlock Holmes, I got into Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle stories, and a handful of others. I, I really started, and then eventually I graduated to Agatha Christie novels, so I really loved whodunits and mysteries and things of that nature, adventure type stuff, um, eventually reading um, uh, Poe, Edgar Allan Poe. And also read um, the works of uh, the, the, I read the first Tarzan novel. I think it was, what was it called? It was Burl's, it was a hardcover, it belonged to my mother. She did it since she was a kid, and it was in really rough shape. And sadly, I don't have it anymore. The book just fell apart on me in the mid-80s when I was reading, rereading it for the second time. But uh, maybe it was Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, I don't know. Anyway, uh, interesting novel, but I uh, read that. And uh, things like that. That was my thing. Saturday morning cartoons. I eventually got into those. Probably around 81 or 82. And all my favorites were the superhero 
cartoons, obviously, but there was also things like Zorro and Lone Ranger. There was Tarzan. There's Johnny Quest. Love Johnny Quest. The Smurfs, the Littles, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Pac-Man. I used to watch Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man was a cartoon. And uh, so I, I remember watching all that stuff, and it was great. And then, um, so I loved, since I'm a, almost a Christmas baby, I'm, my birthday is literally five days before Christmas, it's also a birthday that I share with my mother. So um, because of that, you know, the holidays were always special to me. The family would come in. We lived in Tennessee, but a lot of our family still lived here in Kentucky. They would have to come down and see us at the holidays. And they usually drove down to see us because there were less of them in Kentucky than there were in Tennessee. So I guess logistically it made more sense for them to come to us than for us to go to them with so many of us having to travel. It was um, the sixth of six children, by the way. There were eight immediate family members in our house, my parents and then us six kids. So anyway, I, I would uh, they would all come down. Well, actually, there were only there were only uh, four, really f- seven of us at that time. One of my sisters was married had a kid, and I remember her second child was born while we lived in Tennessee. And they would come down. That's how I met my my eldest niece for the first time, brought her down. And I actually remember changing my first diaper. <laughs> As a kid myself, I was probably eight years old, and I changed my first diaper. It was my niece. Uh, if she ever hears this, she'll be embarrassed. But I don't know that she listens to this, so it doesn't matter. Um, point is, what what, be, what what made it special to me was all the people that I only saw two or three times a year would come around. And it was kind of a lonely existence. So I, in some ways, my books were my main things. And I had a dog. And I used to take help take care of the pigs. Uh, so for me, the cycle of the year, you know, as it got colder, I would bring firewood in. That was my one chore during the colder time was to bring the firewood in every day. Um, we would stock the back porch with firewood. And then there was two uh, containers at each wood stove at each fireplace, at each end of the house. It was a two-story old house from the 1800s. And I would stock that wood, and I had to keep that stocked up. That was my thing. So um, I really wasn't involved in the harvesting of the wood in the late summer, early fall, but I was involved in the in the mid to late fall onward, making sure once the house started getting cold enough that we needed to light fires, it was my job to keep that part stocked up. And so that would take me forever because, it was, again, homeschooled. And then, and then you get a break, lunch, and it's like, oh, by the while you're doing that, go ahead and do your chores. So I'd go outside and do the wood, and I'd take forever. And I would play games in my head, and a lot of it was based on adventures based on what I would read in my comic books, right? But so when the holidays came, right, everyone would come down. Um, we would see different people that lived in Tennessee, and then also people from Kentucky would come down, and it was a big deal. And so Thanksgiving... And because my there were times that my father's birthday would, would actually fall on Thanksgiving. One of those years in Tennessee is one of those times. And uh, his birthday was November 24th of 38. And so, um, by the way, 38 is the year Superman was in, was created by Jerry Siegel Joe Schuster. My mother, born December 20th, 39. And her, her year is the year of Detective Comics number 27, the first appearance of Batman. So my two favorite characters at that time were Superman and Batman, and my two heroes in my life, my parents at that time, were born in 39, 38 and 39, respectively, as well. Um, so Thanksgiving became one of my favorite days of the year. And the other thing is that in some cases at Thanksgiving, there were people that would come down for Thanksgiving and would not come down for Christmas. 
if they did that, they would go ahead and bring my Christmas and birthday early. So I sort of associated Thanksgiving with first Christmas. <laughs> think of if you've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, or you know, if you've ever read it, you think of first breakfast and second breakfast. That was first Christmas was Thanksgiving. And then second Christmas was Christmas Eve. And then the letdown was the third Christmas, which was Christmas Day on out into New Year's. Because we always left our tree up until the second day of the new year. On, December, on January 2nd, we would take the tree down and we had live trees. And it would be my sad task to drag it out to the edge of the woods. And the thing was, these trees would always have tinsel on it. I called them icicles. The little strings of tinsel would still be left on it. You know, uh, all the other ornaments would be gone. Inevitably, there'd be a hook or two from glass ornaments that would be on there. And sometimes I would get them stuck in my finger, you know, and things like that and bleed a little bit. But so Thanksgiving was important. Now, being a live tree, it was hard to put the tree up too early. But we always managed a way of doing it. My mother had a way with plants. <laughs> Father did as well. And um, she would she would go on. We would put the tree up the weekend of, after Thanksgiving. Usually the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we would go out into the woods and get the tree. That was one of the times I'd get to go help chop trees. My mother and I were usually the ones that would go out and get it. My father at that time had become semi-disabled due to a massive uh, coronary. And um, she and I would go out and get a tree, bring it back. And then set it up. And that boring part was waiting for her to get it set up so that we could then eventually, you know, trim the tree, dress the tree. And she had a way of putting it in in uh, rocks and soil where it was perfectly straight and wouldn't lean over, wouldn't fall. And it was we were able to water it. And because we watered this tree and because of the rocks and soil she added to it helped, with drainage and also with just keeping it moist, it never died. We never had a tree die. And we never had a tree get, you know, dangerous where you could start a fire. Because remember, the lights were different back then, folks. They would get really hot. And we had the big bulbs, uh, multicolored, and uh, which was very hard for me to get used to. When I got married in 92, what was the big issue for me was I wanted multicolored lights, and my wife was like, I don't like that. I grew up with that. I think they're hideous. The modern modern look is just sleek. It's one color. It's just light. It's, it's just white or silvery light. It took me a while to get used to that. Sometimes they were gold, but usually they were white or silver. We went with that, and it took me like maybe two years, maybe till the mid-90s to get used to it. But then after that, I realized, ooh, multicolor lights are gaudy. And I, I always associate multicolor lights with the 1970s and earlier, or up to the mid-80s. Because actually, from the mid-80s onward, I, I would go to other people's houses, and their trees would be very sleek. They would they would have a theme to them, in the in the color scheme. They they would really think out their decorations. At our house, it was anything goes. You put whatever you want on the trees. So it could be pretty junky at times. I guess if you look back on it, to be like trailer park tree, but that was us, you know. And um, so I I always thought of I associate Thanksgiving along with Christmas. It's kind of the beginning of the season. It's around that time that we would start listening to Christmas music. And so for me, Thanksgiving was the beginning of the end of the year and, and, and then reflecting and looking and looking forward to the new year because I knew the code would stop. I wouldn't have to stack wood anymore and I could get back to playing in the creek because we had a creek back behind our house and I could get back to taking a swim when it's really hot out in the creek, you know, and things like that and get back to playing and not have to do school 
So I knew then that school was getting close to being over. It really wasn't, folks. School didn't end to what, May? So so I was a little dumb about time at that point in life. But for me, that was like, oh, yeah, this is vacation time, vacation time. And then soon, summer vacation. But actually, it really wasn't. Those were when the days were starting to get their shortest. You still had a while to go. But I loved Thanksgiving. And this continued all through school, junior high, high school, and when I first got married and stayed on for several years, Thanksgiving was my big day. For some reason, I enjoyed Thanksgiving, the family playing games, you know, card games, board games, trivia. Uh, they would inevitably, if you stayed long enough at the, my family's place, they somebody would start singing Christmas or they would put a Christmas tape, yes, cassette tape or record on, and we would listen to Christmas music and sing along. And most of the people in my family are fairly musical. They all can carry a tune. Some can play piano. And so uh, blood harmony, as it's called, you know, where people who are in families have a way of close, tight harmony that's different than other people. If you've ever listened to the Everly Brothers or you've listened to a lot of country gospel, you've, a lot of those are family, family groups, and you listen to the way they sing. And it's like, you know, like immaculate harmonies and stuff these twangy Southern harmonies, it's, it's because of it being family. If family can sing, if most of the family has a voice and can sing, then they can really blend those voices together. And we always could, um, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a music guy. If, if you know that about me, great. Uh, if I've not really talked about it before, I don't, much I don't know. Uh, I know Chayla and I have talked about the fact that when we met, I was a music director at a church, and he, he was brought in as staff as a, uh, associate pastor. So yeah, actually, you probably already do know that I'm, you listeners do know that I'm, I'm into music. So um, I have a son that's very good. He's a very talented musician as well as singer, um, has written some songs and things like that. So, you know, it's, music is a big deal to me, always has been. Um, one of the things I would like to do this coming year, this new year, one of my things I'm pl- plotting on doing, I've been plotting it for like two years and I've never gotten around to do it. I have several people lined up that have agreed to participate, so hopefully I can get that worked out. But I'm going to do a YouTube music channel. We're going to do praise and worship songs. We'll probably do secular songs. Uh, it just depends and on what who I can get and what, what, we're going to, what we're interested in doing that night. I'm going to have jam sessions. We're going to get together, and I'm, I'm probably going to video it as well as record the sound. And we will mix that and put it out as a YouTube channel. So it won't be affiliated with, with this website or or anything, but uh, once it's up and running and I've got a couple of videos on there I, uh, that are of good quality, I will let you listeners know and I'll give you the name of the YouTube channel and you can go to that. Hopefully we won't get pulled down, you never know, with uh, how many strikes, you know, you never know who's going to be litigious about this. Some music corporations, publishing corporations are okay with you doing public, you know, free use, public use um, style, um, as long as you're not making money off of it, you know, and you do a disclaimer of the copyright. They use cover tunes are done all the time. But if it if it becomes expensive and I have to pay fees to ASCAP, BMI, and all the others, I don't know that it would be worth me doing it because it's just a it's just a project. It's just something I'm doing on the side as a because I I miss doing music on a regular basis. So we'll see. But I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, we will continue to do the weekly uh, programs of of the. Uh, 
Sunday school, and then Taylor and I will continue to record together and separately as need be, as as possible. I'm sure I should say we're gonna try to. I'm gonna try to keep a schedule for this, for this podcast and this website. Regardless, I mean, it, I want to record with Chalen as much as possible. We're not splitting up. Everything's fine. You're, you're still hearing Chalen as teach Sunday school, and when he t- preaches certain, if he preaches sermons or something, I will put those out. That's not gonna go away. It's just that sometimes in order to keep the podcast going. And I, I have things sometimes I want us to talk about and we're not able to get together and record. So I will do things like this. It won't be in this format. It won't just be this gosh shucks, you know, country boy rambling like I'm doing today. But this is just a sentimental time of the year for me. And when I'm allowed to make another announcement pretty soon, I will tell you all something else that I'm very excited about that I learned recently that I want to let you know. And then I've got a project for the podcast that will be starting and there'll be, I'm going to start working on it today. As soon as I finish this episode, I will start working on it today. Um, so back to Thanksgiving. So the years went on. And as I got older, and even as I had children, and don't know, if, don't know that I've mentioned this before, but I worked in corrections for like nine years. I worked in a prison. And that whole lot, and, and, and I had to work weekends. And I missed a lot of church. And it affects your walk. It does. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. If you're not if you're not actively communing with the body of Christ, you'll be weakened by it. You have to go to church to to stay in proper communion. You have to be hearing the word, feeling the discipline of the church and the communion of the church. And I neglected that during a really important time in my life. Obviously, I was a young father, but I was also in, a, in, a, in the mode of life where I was making money. I had to get out there and make money, and it's not, it wasn't a great paying job, but it paid the bills, and so I had to do it. And, um, I was working towards, uh, building a, a pension, uh, because it was a job that actually offered a pension. And so I was like, well, the pay's not great yet now, but the longer you stay, the more you get raises. And eventually that's going to help you with your pension plan, you know, and you have a 401k on top of that. And it's like, I need to stick with this. So I stayed in that line of work, which is soul sucking. I'm going to tell you, it's, it is soul sucking and it, it, it will, it will ruin you. And it kind of ruined me and ruined my witness with a lot of people for a long time. I was totally out of the will of God. Now, I do believe I was born again, but I was out of the will of God. I will say that. And then I started getting more, more and more serious, you know, when, when the children were born about getting into track into church. And I was praying, you know, Lord, I need to be following you. And I can't do it on my own just by reading the Bible every now and then, or even on a regular basis, that alone is not enough. I need the word and I need it preached to me and I need to be serving you. Help me have a chance to be able to do that. The Lord opened doors. I had a really bad car wreck uh, that really injured me. And afterwards, um, during that downtime, I was able to go to church while going to physical therapy and then having to have a surgery and then going to physical therapy for a second round. During all that time, uh, I was off. The good news is that job I had, that government job with that prison, allowed for me to be off with pay because I had built up so much. I'd worked so much overtime that I had built up enough time, leave time, that I could just use that leave time and get paid while recovering. And it was great. It was good for the soul. It refreshed me. Uh, I finished. I went back to college after like a 10-year absence of going to college. I had never finished. Went back and finished, and then a job opportunity came on. Uh, within state government, and I left the prison and went to a different line of work, and it was so much better for me. Now I still wasn't where I needed to be. It was still I was God was still sanctifying me, 
but I also got involved in a church where I was doing music and I was still struggling, but God was sanctifying me. He continued to do so. But here's the thing, due to a lot of turmoil in with different family members and different things over the years, the holidays stopped being what they once were. Now, Christmas was still a big deal at our house. My wife has always made Christmas wonderful for all of us, for our children growing up, and for me as well. And I've always tried to do the same for her and the kids. But Christmas became the focus, and Thanksgiving stopped being the focus. And I felt weird about it and bad about it. But over time, I got used to Thanksgiving was just that now that I had a good job that didn't didn't require me to work all weekends and stuff, and I got holidays off, Thanksgiving was a four-day holiday that led me into Christmas. But it wasn't first Christmas like in my heart. It was just first Christmas in the sense that I know now that I'm also going to have Christmas and New Year's off soon. And the focus was less about being grateful to God for the fact that he'd even given me that job and that opportunity. And we didn't really practice Thanksgiving. And I feel so guilty about that. Because I believe it's a very biblical holiday. The times of Thanksgiving were set up in the Jewish holidays and in their calendar. And I think it's one of the best things that our founding fathers did and that our country has done over the years until it was firmly established by Lincoln as to which day it was going to be, in which Thursday in, in uh, November and all that, and then codified later, um, that this would be a truly national holiday, holy day, but also a very Christian day for a country that was still nominally Christian. And I believe far more Christian than, than it is today. Um, I let that side go and began to be more focused on Christmas. I've never been a New Year's guy. I just think New Year's, New Year's is just a time for drunken orgies. You know, for me, it's no big deal. I, I don't do it. Um, so New Year's was never a focus for me. I, again, with the job I had, I got time off for it, and I enjoyed that. But it, it didn't, I didn't do anything with it. Just occasionally, we would, we would do things with some fellow Christians and stuff. You know, that I was okay with. There was a time or two that I, I sang some gospel music at a place and things like that. That I was fine with. But as far as really celebrating New Year's, no, it's not a big deal for me. It still isn't. But uh, I've done more with New Year's in the last few years as far as the idea that usually we do some kind of New Year's thing for the podcast. Not on New Year's, but right around New Year's. Either either the last week, last day or two of December, we record an episode that we release at the New Year, or we record it like January 2nd or January 1st or whenever, and then release it within a few days. That's what we usually do. And for me, like the year in review and looking forward to, we usually make plans, Taylor and I, as to what we want to do for the new year. Now, but granted, 22 and 23, we've been bad about not fulfilling those promises, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll make some New Year's resolutions this year and, and stick with them. I don't know. I, I wouldn't make any, I'm not going to make any promises this year, period, because I've still failed to put video out. <laughs> I've still failed to stay on a, every, on a bi-weekly schedule. So, you know, what am I going to do? We're not there yet. I'm trying. So, um, and that's what this rambling thing is about, uh, just trying to put something out for you. But a couple of years ago, some things happened, uh, various family members' lives, and there was it was a struggle. It was really a struggle time. And just a year before, we had really gotten back into doing Thanksgiving again. And that year, we did something that we hadn't done in a couple of years, but that we had sadly done a few years, 
during my children's teenage years, we just sort of canceled Thanksgiving. We just didn't have a family dinner or get together or nothing like that. And I was not happy about that. I was upset with it. My dog is upstairs barking. He's upset with something. You may hear this on the on the show. I don't know. But uh, my wife had to go to a wedding today, and so she, she may be coming home. That may be what it is. Her car may have pulled in the driveway, and he's he's screaming, wanting her to come in. So I, I'll wrap this up, but the, the purpose of I wanted to say this was that so 2021, we, did, we canceled Thanksgiving. Family were in different different cycles of life, different members didn't want to get together and some couldn't get together. And I was just like, you know, I'm never going to do that again. If it's just me and Sandy and just one other family member, whatever, we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. So last year we did, and we had our biggest Thanksgiving dinner yet. More people than ever before. And then this year, not as many, we had 10, but um, that was quite a, that was still, you know, my table will seat 10 people, uh, 10 or 12 people. So the, the chairs were all full, and, I mean, that's what matters. It, it was a full house. Okay, drawing back the curtain of time. It's been about 20 minutes since I spoke my last words, so I don't remember what I was saying. <clears throat> I remember the general area I was at in, in point of time, but I believe I was discussing how I had allowed, um, you know, um, Thanksgiving not to be really a part of my life for a few years, and then we got back into it a few years ago, and then, uh, 2021 came, not 2020, 2021 came and there were, uh, difficulties trying to arrange Thanksgiving. My wife decided to cancel the family dinner. And I was like, you know, never again, if, if there's only two of us, if it's just the two of us and maybe one other person or whatever, we're having dinner, even if it's a smaller scale or whatever, it didn't have to be the big traditional dinner, but we're going to have some kind of get together where we say prayer of thanks to the Lord. And we eat a meal together and spend some time, you know, talking, playing games, whatever, and, and, and fellowshipping and, and enjoying the day, <clears throat> reflecting. And all I can say is I regretted not doing it, said I'd never do it again. And so far we've kept our word. Um, again, like I said earlier, I think I already said this, but I'll say it again. Last year was a big dinner, a lot of people. And this year was 10 people. It's still plenty. Uh, we didn't have to set out up an extra table or have people sit in, in, in other chairs, but all 10 of our table chairs were full. So all place, all, all place settings were full. And that was great. I love seeing that. Um, Sandy really is such an organizer. She knocked it out of the park. Uh, it was like two days of preparing and the dinner was, was fabulous. The best mashed potatoes I believe I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I'm serious about that. So last night when I came home from work, uh, we had leftovers for dinner, and I had some more of that ham, some dressing, uh, stuffing, many people would call it, but I'm in the South, so we call it dressing. And <laughs> so uh, dressing and um, and mashed potatoes. I think I had more mashed potatoes than anything else, and it was really good. So... All that to say that for me, Thanksgiving is back to being one of my two favorite days of the year. Now, if I've ever told this story before, ignore me. But my two favorite days of the year growing up were Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Eve. I'm from one of those families where we opened our presents from each other on Christmas Eve. And so, 
as a unit, Sandy and I, as a family, and then with our two children later on, and we've continued that. We do Christmas Eve. Our Christmas from each other is on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day, we get, have get-togethers with other family members. Sometimes we go out of town. We even go to state sometimes to other places for Christmas Day. But at some point on Christmas Day or a day or two afterwards, depending on how the work schedules are for everybody, we still have a get-together where we do stockings. I know, I know. I don't know why we still do stockings, but we do stockings, and it's fun because those are like novelty gifts. Uh, candy, uh, my, my personal favorite to get, is uh, dark chocolate, dark chocolate, sorry, dark chocolate, particularly the 70% uh, cacao, um, Linder's truffles. Oh, I love those. The Linder's truffles. I like any of the Linder's truffles for the most part, but my favorite is dark chocolate. And if you can get the 70% dark, oh man, it's great. Um, that's just one of my favorite things. I like, I like little things like we'll do beef jerky folks. Beef jerky. My, our brand is Jack Links. That's what we like. <laughs> so we do Jack Links, beef jerky, and things of that nature. And then there'll be socks or some kind of gag gift or just some little thing. Uh, you never know what it might be. You know, like for my son, I remember in the past, it's been things like Lego men or <laughs> Lego men characters or, you know, or an action figure for Star Wars or something when he was a kid, you know. And for my daughter, it might have been a doll or different things, you know, um, whatever. But but it's always something, you know, in 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 that um, I remember I've gotten my wife these uh, socks that like um, they sort of as you put them on, they, they warm up and they they have like it's almost like a like a lotion and they have a scent that's like um, like aloe and some other scent. And and they make your feet feel like they're being massaged or being moistened, moisturized, moistened. That's a bad word. That one's for you, Colin. My son, he hates the word moist. So anyway, so anyway, uh, being moisturized, I should say, right? And and softened and things and just little things like that. I mean, you can really come up with some good ideas, little personal gifts, even just gag gifts, just jokes, you know. Um, I remember one year somebody got me like this body powder that was called monkey butt or something like that, or something like that monkey butt powder but it was fun and it was actually legit powder by the way it actually was was good but anyway um the point is that you know it's still a gag gift because it's because of the name because of the cartoon looking character that was on the that was on the bottle of it but um so christmas day it's actually my third favorite holiday and third favorite day of the year along with it used to be and this is as growing up i was tied between christmas day and fourth of july now, as an adult, I don't do as, I don't hardly ever do anything on Fourth of July, but I still appreciate it. But we just don't hardly ever go. Every once in a while, we we'll go to a fireworks display or something like that. But mo for the most part, we or we might have family over and cook out. But most of the time, we just don't even we just kind of ignore it. It's just a day off. I'm back to doing that right with that holiday. Um, but that was that was the rankings in my in my calendar growing up. It was more than my birthday, more than any other day, more than Christmas Day. It was Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Eve, and so. I want to offer a little thanks to you. This was a really bad segue. <laughs> but I want to, very bad transition, but I want to offer a thanks. Thanks to God for you, dear listener, because you have stuck with us in our scheduling problems this year have been worse, worse than last year, 
We had some issues last year, but this has been much worse in 2023. And I really apologize for it. I really do. And I really want to do better at giving you more content and better content. I really do. And that's my goal for this coming year. I want it to be fun for all of us. I don't want to lose listeners and lose subscribers over the fact that we're our, our, over the random patterns of our, of our, you know, of our um, postings. But I've been watching it the last few weeks. We're back to posting, you know, we're now posting weekly with those. And it goes, the numbers are back up. They're not where they used to be. They're not where they were in, say, spring of 2022. Okay. We're not a big podcast. We're a small podcast. We don't advertise. We don't do money. We don't allow we don't allow we don't allow you to donate to us or anything like that. We don't ask you to. We no longer even have an email account, right? Associated with our website. So I mean it's one of those things. We're as cheap as we can possibly be to put this stuff out. So it's all free for you. It's it's it only costs us to do it. And we're not asking for anything. We don't want your sympathy. We don't want anything. Just ask that you don't unsubscribe. Because it it is the one thing that is disheartening is when you see your numbers go down. And we did see our numbers go down, but they are coming back up. And I'm appreciative of that. Uh, we're not where we were. Last I checked, we were around 650 listeners. But 650 people in some parts of this country and a few of them in other parts of the country, world, like Canada and a couple other nations, are listening to us. I don't know why you're listening to us, but I'm grateful. I am very thankful to you for sticking with us, for those of you that have. And uh, for those of you that left, I understand why. you probably like, well, they're never going to put anything out. It's too sporadic or it's not up to where the standard was before. Whatever your reasons were, maybe you just got tired of listening to us ramble. Uh, you may wind up hating this. Maybe like the least downloaded episode ever today, you know, this one. But I still did it and I enjoy doing it. It's conversational. It was just something I wanted to do. And I definitely rambled and went on longer than normal than I expected for a solo effort. But, you know. That's who I am. <laughs> People that know me know I'm wordy. I, I talk. And uh, I, I'm a storyteller at heart. So a lot of this was just stories, just random things. But you know what? We're in the holiday season, and it's a time for reflecting. It is a time for family. It's a time of emotions, and it's a time to give thanks to God. Thank you for all that he's done for you this year. Thank you for all you what that you know in your heart when you confess him, that he's your Lord. He's your savior. He's master of all. He is a sovereign over everything. And he's got you in his hands and no one can pluck you from them. Be thankful for that. You've got a lot to be grateful for, right? There is a wonderful song by Josh Groban that's so much to be thankful for. That's just awesome. It's like, that's my Thanksgiving song for the last, I don't know, I think that uh, Christmas album came out called Noel. I think it came out in 2006, 2007. It's, it came out during the, during the war, during the uh, Iraqi war the height of that, and his I'll Be Home for Christmas was no, noteworthy for having real-life soldiers and soldiers' families talking about, you know, hoping to see him, see him at Christmas, or if not, when they get back in the new year, they'll give him their presents and things like that, all these little real-life break-ins on the song. But that's not the song that stood out for me. The song that was uh, stood out for me was so much to be great, to be thankful for. And to me, that, it, that is a Thanksgiving song. It's a song of praise, and I... Uh, even though it was written by a secular person and sung by a secular artist, I, it's got a very religious sentiment to it, and I, uh, I approve. So if it, that's a breath, a brief sojourn into Roy recommends, right there, um, Josh Groban. So much to be thankful for, and uh, listen to that song this weekend or in the coming week as you're listening to Christmas music. If you're one of those people, and I am, I've been listening to it since October. Uh, get into the spirit and uh, 
get on board and we're going to do something now between now and Christmas, uh, definitely. And then we'll do something again around New Year's. Definitely. I'm going to be putting out Sunday school classes that we do as we do them weekly. Definitely. But I've got a special thing that I will be announcing soon. Definitely. And other than that, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Lord wills. We'll, we'll have more interviews and more guests. If not, would it just be me and Chalen, two goobers gabbing, as we call it? Or in other words, the dumb will speak. So until next time, happy Thanksgiving, two days late, and God bless you. Take care of you. We love you. We're praying for you. You do the same for us. Thank you.